All right, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are indeed free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. So do us a favor, mash that subscribe button, comment on the video, upvote it as well. We would appreciate it. The bell, you can get notifications of anything new that we put out. We're with John Garcia, our resident recruiting expert. And you know, today, John, before um, before I get to my LinkedIn read, we're going to talk about the coast. But before we start with that, I do want to let you know that LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Yeah, a big year on the coast of Mississippi. And I was telling you off air before we started, on one recruiting service or another, if you add all of them up, about 10 or 11 kids in the state of Mississippi or four-star or higher, this has a chance to be a really special class, and it's really good on the Mississippi Gulf Coast. Yes, Stephen, we, we've started to talk about it a lot more, and the more we do talk about it, the more you can see that ceiling kind of extending for, for those on the Gulf Coast. It, it's like there's this group that is emerging all almost at the same time when you talk Chris Davis, Jeff Rush, certainly Mr. Waller, who I think will start the conversation with. I mean, these are not only – emerging talents that you're you're starting to like more and more but their recruitments are all kind of at the same time really starting to pick up from a, a scholarship offer perspective so everything is rising right at the right time uh, down there at the coast uh, anthony maddox just committed to texas a&m the quarterback from oak grove so yeah it's it's certainly not an area you you would ever ignore normally but you certainly can't do that if you did uh, in, in this class of 24. Yeah, and, and just so everybody knows, we're about to hit combine season. So everybody's going to start doing these camps, and you're going to start seeing numbers. I think these 10 or 11 could grow to close to 15 by the time it's said and done. Yeah, I think you're right. You know, th- this is – look, it's one of those states where you don't get the foot traffic that you do uh, even in, in, you know, neighboring Alabama or further east, certainly in the Atlanta metro or south in any of the Florida metros. So yeah, it does often take this time of year for the second tier of Mississippians to emerge. The top tier, the Camarion Franklins, those guys we've known about for a long time, but yeah, it's usually the campgrounds that make you say, holy crap, let me go look back at this prospect because he was really good in shorts and a t-shirt. And then sure enough, you pop on the Friday night tape and it matches what you saw. Yeah. So let's start with Jamonte Waller. He's a defensive end edge player out of Picayune High School, and we're going to do two Picayunes on this list today. And this is my first impression of him looking at him. He's 6'2", 225. I'm, I'm seeing him, I'm thinking, DJ Holmes? Is, is that a comparison? Exactly what I was thinking. Uh, a guy who his recruitment maybe started slow because of that, right? He's not 6'5", 6'6" with that classic edge frame, but his game has kind of blurred all of those margins and, and created too much benefit of the doubt. You could argue that Waller's the hottest recruit in America at this point, just in the last month or so. Um, it's, it's your Georgia's, your Alabama's, LSU just in the last 24 hours or so. His, his stock is really skyrocketing as we speak. And I think yeah, a lot of it was, well, we, we, the frame is okay, it's good, but what about the production? And then you turn on the tape, 100-plus tackles, double-digit sacks, double-digit tackles for loss. I mean, he's as productive a player as there is, and that's when you start to think of of DJ Holmes, who Ole Miss just signed in the class of 23. Late riser, similar deal. The measurables weren't alarming, but the production was was just too much to ignore. 
Uh, so I really like what Waller is, is doing. He's a little bit more filled out than DJ at the same stage. But yeah, you're starting to get a sense of what Pete Golding likes. Uh, it's it's these sawed-off edge guys who can not only get after the passer with great bend and natural leverage, but they can play the run as well. And I think that's what's most impressive with Waller. He's a balanced defensive end. It's not just about flashing in the backfield. There's so many well, well-placed um, you know, hand movements. He's technically sound. He plays the read option really well, which puts most defensive ends that are athletic like that in a bind. He already expresses so much maturity on tape that I like his balance just as much as I like his pass rushing upside. So when you have that sort of total package together and, pe- and people start realizing it, your recruitment can get a little crazy. And, and that's really what we're looking at right now with Waller. Um, Ole Miss was the first offer and certainly a school that he's the most familiar with at this point, multiple visits last year. I think he'll be back later this spring, but now everyone else is offering and trying to get him on campus and he's got a pretty ambitious spring visit slate ahead. So a lot of schools are going to get some face time with Waller. You wonder if Ole Miss can hold on to its theoretical lead with that longstanding familiarity as as the school that offered him first uh, among Power 5 programs. You know, um, I don't know how old you are, John, but I'm going to mention a name and tell a story real quick. Corey Moore was a defensive end with Virginia Tech back in the mid-90s. He was probably six foot tall, probably 225 pounds, very sawed off. And at that point, it was almost like everybody was making Kyler Murray type jokes of this guy that was wreaking all this havoc on that time, the Big East. And now in modern football, you do see with these jack positions, a DJ Holmes, a um, Jamonte Waller, that fit where coaches actually are looking for that now. It kind of makes my heart warm because I do remember how productive a player Corey Moore was. And it's just nice to know that 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 still exists in modern college football. Yeah, 100%. You've got to be able to play the run in the pass regardless of your frame. And if anything, like you said, people are looking for that a little bit more from a shorter standpoint because now you're just – you're more equipped to play in space. You can maybe wall off a tight end or an inside wide receiver, maybe even a running back uh, in pass coverage if you're not coming downhill. So it's that versatility that that size just – creates a little bit of momentum for but obviously the production and the primary value is still certainly coming downhill and and getting after the passer yeah and you know we'll stay at the same high school and it's amazing because this is the same high school that Dante Dowdle went to Picayune High School ended up going to Oregon now who would have thought that we would have a conversation about a recruitable running back with Dowdle in the backfield but with Chris Davis you absolutely have that he is a different type runner he is I think he's more of the scat back type, but it would fit in what Lane Kiffin does. And they do have, they have a type, not necessarily height, weight, size, speed ratio or anything like that, but all of the people that they recruit at running back, they recruit a certain type of back with lateral movement and things like that. And Davis is decisive too, Steven. That's what I really like about his game. Yeah, not as big as Dowdle, not as as easily to profile coming downhill with the ball in his hands. But look, in that offense that, that Picayune runs, it's very much go and decide now. There's no wasted movement. A lot of these backs in that system are coming downhill before they even touch the football at times. So a, a lot of throwback to his game despite being six foot 180 or so. But yeah, once he does get into space, there's a lot more top-end speed. And he certainly can wiggle on top of it. But the downhill decisiveness and that lateral 
first cut ability is ever present with Chris Davis's game. And to have a thousand yards as the backup to a national, you know, all American blue chip type running back like Dowdle, I think says a lot uh, because you had to force your way into creating that playing time. When you've got a bell cow in this very run heavy offense, it would have been easy to just continue hand, handing it to, to Dante, but Chris forced his hand in that regard. And now it'd be interesting to see as a senior with Dowdle often in the Pac-12, uh, just how much volume and production uh, Davis will bring to his game. But Dowdle's was, was been a good thing for him, I think, throughout his his high school career. Of course, it pushes him as, as a running back, but it's also pushed Davis around the field. We see him catching passes more than Dowdle. He plays defense, had a big playoff interception uh, late in that 2022 state championship season. Uh, that was big for Picayune. So, uh, he has a lot more versatility and more football player to his game, even though his strengths are certainly as a, a one-cut downhill running back. So curious to see how that evolves with him physically and, and and just situationally as a senior. But he's another one Ole Miss was in on pretty early for, and other folks are starting to climb in here over the last several weeks. I think Florida State, Auburn is his most recent scholarship offer. He's going to try to take some visits this spring, but just like we said uh, earlier with Waller, uh, Ole Miss is in a good standing position because of the longevity of this recruitment. Yeah, and Ole Miss has, for 10 years, been the destination in the state of Mississippi for wide receivers. And now with Quinshawn Judkins, Zach Evans, Kedra Griscano, you're starting to see a running back type enter the room as well. So it's almost become a skill position destination school in Ole Miss and do you think Chris Davis is a guy that can headline a running back class or maybe is there another back out there that we don't even know about at this point? I think he's got some headliner stuff. He's just scratching the surface because he had to do kind of the B-roll and, and move around a little bit. Think of like, like Tony Pollard in the NFL, you know, because he's the backup and the supplementary back, you end up using him in so many different ways that on the front end look like a bit of a detriment because, Hey, hand the guy the ball and let him go. But in the long run, you're really rounding out his game. So I'm really excited to see what Davis becomes as a senior. If he had 1,000 yards as the backup, it's, it's not crazy to think 2,000 is, is on the horizon at Picayune, who's, who returns a lot of talent, obviously, as we continue to talk about their players. So I do think in this day and age, he can be the lead back. That doesn't always mean 25 carries and a cloud of dust, but I do think he could – share the bulk of the carries uh, in, in the power five one day, especially again, as his frame continues to fill out. I'm, I'm curious to see physically what he arrives uh, to, during his college football career, what weight he arrives at. Cause he's a little long and lean at this point, but obviously he's got some time to fill out. Yeah. And if anybody has questions about Picayune's offense and what's going on, picture less miles at LSU in about 2009. That's what we do. And we got some toss power going on. They're, they're running some old-school downhill stuff down there. Um, let's go down the coast a little bit. Um, you've done some updates on the Grove Report a couple times on the real white. What is going on with him? Yeah, electric wide receiver recruit was ready to end the process. About 10 days ago, he was set to make that verbal commitment. It looked like Ole Miss would be in the driver's seat for said commitment. A couple other schools started to get more involved and push, uh, including Auburn, LSU, started turning up the heat a little bit. So, so Noel Nereal, uh elected to push back, hold off on that verbal commitment uh, until he could take a couple more visits. He didn't get to all five schools in his top five before 
making that decision. Of course, you know, Ole Miss has hosted him many times, but he wanted to get out to Arkansas and some of these other schools that he hadn't quite been to. So now I think he's going to take the time to do that this spring, but I do still anticipate a decision sooner rather than later. And as long as that timeline remains uh, the plan, I do think Ole Miss is in really good shape because, as you mentioned, it's the receiver destination in the state. Uh, and White is one of the most electric, a very productive player, kind of like Chris Davis, has moved around a lot. He had almost 300 rushing yards as a junior in 2022, played defense, plays in the return game as well. So another all-around athlete. But when when you watch the receiver stuff in particular, there's explosiveness, there's ball skills, and there's polish. He runs crisp routes, uh, a perfect fit in that Lane Kiffin offense. So I do think Ole Miss is going to be tough to beat in this recruitment, although, again, more suitors are coming to the table. You wonder if Auburn starts to push and Tennessee starts to push to make this thing a, a classic SEC-type battle. But even then, you're like Ole Miss chances unless this thing extends all the way you know, till traditional national signing day. Yeah, and those are the three players on the coast that Ole Miss is majorly in the game for. There is one other player down there that's top ten player, Jeffrey Rush. It's kind of an Auburn-Mississippi State thing at the moment, but is there any chance Ole Miss can get in that one? Yeah, that one still feels early, right? Another kid who continues to pick up scholarship offers, Deion Sanders and crew, just jumped in with an offer Miami earlier this month as well. So I think Rush is another one who is – still riding his ascent from a recruiting perspective. So there's two ways to attack it, right? Capitalize on the momentum and commit, like right at the height of the momentum, or you kind of digest it all, take your visits and go from there. Him being an interior defensive lineman with some flexibility, I, I think he's one whose stock will continue to rise throughout the spring. So he collects all of his options and then goes from there. So I think it's going to be pretty wide open with Jeff Rush compared to really these last two guys that we've, these last few guys that we've talked about, who I think are going to be a little quicker to that commitment date. I think Rush takes his time a little bit, which is probably good news for Ole Miss, as you mentioned, as Mississippi State, um, Auburn, and schools like that uh, have a bit of an advantage, at least as we can see it right now. Yeah, anyway, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball, everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. You get to hear from big-name insiders, experts, coaches, and players. It's Locked On College Basketball. It's available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. This, of course, has been John Garcia. Thank you very much for stopping by today. And, you know, we're going to do this from time to time and follow the cycle. Maybe next time we just concentrate on the center of the state or something like that. Um, but it should be a lot of fun, John. Sounds good, my friend. Thanks for having me. All right. Howdy, tidy, bud. 